Well, you know, in the last few weeks, Brother Todd has been talking about the Bible, the Word of God, the blessings of that. You know, just, oh man, it's so refreshing just to kind of be brought back. You know, if you've been saved for a while, uh, you know, just to get reminded about the Bible, what it does, its power that it has, you know, in our life, the provision that God offers for us. You know, when we read the Word of God, amazing how it can transform that, the, just the very purpose of it, how it brings purpose in our life so that God's will can be uh, completed in our life, that we can walk and live in contentment, although at times being challenged with things, you know, to stretch ourselves and to grow, but it's still it's exciting what God's Word will do in our life. And you know, and uh, the overall message of that Bible, of course, we know the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? Can you say, I was one of those? Man, I was lost. And he came to seek and to save me. And thank God he did. He found us, you know. And you know, when we hear about that, you know, our first thoughts is, is usually that, you know, we were lost, that we were living separate from God, a separate life, not knowing God, and, and that our final destination was anything but heaven. And that's usually what we think about. But, you know, there's more than that, too. You know, he paid the price when he went to the cross so that you and I could be redeemed out of that lifestyle of sin, that we could be brought out of that, delivered. But, But he also died that you and I could gain freedom, that we could have a relationship with God, but that we could gain back the freedom that we lost just through the things of life. And you know what? I realized that, you know, when I got saved, the devil didn't come back to me and say, look, here's all the toys and stuff that I stole from you before you knew God. So let me give them back. He didn't do that. And I found out, man, I had to go get them back. How about you? And I found out there's some things, some freedom that I should have in my life that he just didn't give back to me. And I've got to go get it and take it back. And I've got to apply the word of God and go to the foot of the cross and humble myself and cry out to God. Because many times I don't even realize what the problem is. And I need the Holy Spirit to come and show me and illuminate to me this is where the problem is. Come and break that stuff off my life that I might be free. As he died for me to be able to go to heaven, but he died for me to have freedom. And you know, Jesus said in John 10.10, he said that the thief, came to steal, kill, and destroy. And those things that he has stolen, we've got to take back. He's stolen from us. You know, brothers and sisters, this is all out war. Have you realized that? Have you realized that? Have you realized that when you take a step to go forward, to press in closer to God, to pull back freedom and stuff that's been taken from you, that man, all of a sudden there's this spiritual opposition going on. What's that about? Well, the enemy doesn't want us to be free. He is not going to freely give back those toys I was talking about. He's going to keep every one of them that he can. But we got to take them back. And you know, he came that we might have victory over emotional struggles, over relational struggles. And, and you know, and we've got to stop running away from the enemy and looking for cover. And we've got to go start back taking back the ground that he took from us. But our tendency is to run for cover. Tell the truth now. Tell the truth. You know, we don't want to deal with problems. But, you know, the Lord God wants you and I to learn how to walk among the giants. Because you know what? He's already given us the three stones. He's he's already given us the stones we need to fight the, the giant. But we have to realize that we have them. And part of the enemy's deception is he'll tell you, you don't have it. You don't have the stones you need to throw at the giant. But we do. The truth is we do. This is all out war. The good news is that Christ came to set us free. 
He came that we might have freedom. Amen? Yeah, that's a good time to shout, man. I'm telling you. In Galatians uh, chapter 5 and verse 1, the scripture says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, you know, when you got saved, probably like me, there was things in your life that just like the chains fell off. When the Lord came and got me out of the pit I was in, I was hooked on alcohol. It just fell off. My language was terrible. It was anything but praise the Lord. My, my heathen friends would look at me and say, man, your language is terrible. <laughs> it was bad. But you know, thank God that was one of those things that when, when I got saved, probably just, it just changed, man. All of a sudden, and instead of getting off of work and wanting to go drink beer and shoot pool, I wanted to go home and be with my family. Those things changed. But you know what? There were some other things that I had to struggle and battle for. I was in a battle. I had to fight for some of those things. And, and he came that we might have free. But we've got to go get them. But you know, another great truth is this. Jesus just didn't win the prize of our freedom and just set it down over here and said, okay, now you go get it the best you can. He didn't do that. But I'll tell you what he will do. He'll come and take you by the hand and say, come on, let me show you how to come get a hold of this freedom that I've already bought for you. It's there, brothers and sisters. It's there. But we have to depend on the Lord to take us and show us what we need to do. Sometimes it even takes the Lord to show me why I'm in bondage. Because the truth is, is that many times we've lived that way for so long, we just think, well, that's just the way it is. You know, it's in the genes, or it runs in the family, or, you know, that's, this is just life. You know, you've got to struggle this, struggle that. And we just buy into that. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I know I don't even perceive the things that I've bought into like that myself because it takes the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he'll come and he'll reveal things uh, to you or to me. And, and we go, wow, look, the freedom. And I've been living without that all of this time. You know, I love the story about the American Revolution. You know, it's incredible because without the hand of God, you and I would be speaking with a British accent right now. I'm telling you, it was tough. It was tough. You know, um, God's hand of grace and his divine intervention, it was not just there so that the United States of America could come into existence. It's a bigger picture than that. His hand of grace was there so that the United States of America could come into existence so that you and I could have a place to freely worship God. That's the big picture. So that we could be free. God wanted his people free. It wasn't just so that he could set up eventually 50 states and all of that. That's, that has nothing to do with it. He was creating a place. And he wants us free. He paid the price for that. You know, I, I love the story. If, if, you, uh, if you love history and maybe you studied that or maybe you had to study it and didn't want to. But, you know, there's a, a story about General Washington when uh, the Battle of, of Brooklyn Heights. It's just incredible incredible. The odds, unbelievable. Washington's army consisted of about 8,000 men, y'all. And when they were preparing for that battle on Staten Island, 5,000 of those 8,000 showed up within three weeks before the battle. Untrained, farmers, whatever, fishermen, whatever. They were not soldiers. That's what he had to work with, okay? The British had 55,000 troops under General Howe that landed on the island against 8,000, untrained. Amazing. 
Then the British fleet had went to the Carolinas and thank God were unsuccessful there. So they sailed northward to meet General Howe there at, in the Hudson River. And, and they were on their way to meet to reinforce them with more troops on board. Well, the battle started and, and a great part of Washington's army got, got cut off. It got divided. And they were literally, literally surrounded by the British Washington was on one side of the river. The river was a mile wide, the East River, and the troops were stuck over there, surrounded by the British. Couldn't get out, no way. One more attack by the British, man, they'd have got wiped out. And like I said, we'd probably be speaking with a British accent today, aside for the hand of God. Well, lo and behold, against all military strategy, couldn't figure out why the British didn't attack. All that day, The day went on, no attack. Here were the Americans, they're low on powder, low on musket balls, low on everything. No food, ragtag, hardly clothes. Uh, They'd had cloth on their feet for shoes. Just terrible. Into the night, no attack. All the next day they waited, no attack. Late that afternoon, Washington, it, it began to rain. The wind was out the northeast. The ships were the, the British ships were sailing vessels. They couldn't get in there because of the direction of the wind. They couldn't sail up there and get in position to fire on the Americans. God's hand prevented them. Washington came up with a plan. The last uh, big group of men that came, I think it was from Connecticut, they had come and crossed the river with rowboats to meet up with Washington. His plan was this: We're going to take those rowboats and we're going to slip across there one mile, one way. And get those men and deliver them out. All night long, even the, the moon was almost full. All night long they did that and the British didn't even see them like God blinded them. Ferried men back and forth across the East River, a mile wide. When daylight was starting to break, there still was two regiments of men on that side. Guess what? A fog began to settle. A dense fog settled over the positions of both armies, but not on the river. They continued to ferry men. The last boat that left, Washington was in it. The fog lifted. When the British saw what happened, they ran to the banks and began firing. But the last boat was already 50 yards beyond the reach of their muskets. You tell me God's hand wasn't upon that. But you know what? Just the way that God's hand was upon that American army trying to gain independence and freedom. He's upon you and I for us to gain the freedom that God already bought for you and I. God has a plan. He has a plan. But you know, just like when the Americans declared their independence. As a matter of fact, the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed was the day that that battle started. And the day that you and I declare our independence from the hand of the enemy that has robbed and stole our freedoms from us, he is going to declare war on you and I. Just be ready, okay? It's nothing to be scared of because he's walking with you. Just like I said earlier, he's not going to leave your freedom piled up over there and leave it up to you to get it. He's going to go with you and he's going to walk with you and he's going to help you get that freedom on your own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But here's the key. I believe this is the key right here, y'all. At the same time that the founding fathers were declaring their independence from Great Britain, they were declaring their dependence upon God. You can read it. Read it in the Declaration 
They were declaring their dependence upon God. And when you and I declare our freedom from the hand of the enemy, we'd best do the same thing. Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, I can't even see beyond this. Lord, I need you to give me strength. Lord, I need you to show me how do I get free from the things in my life that have robbed my freedom. He can bring us there. Amen. Listen, this is how freedom came to you and I in the natural, physical world through the founding of the United States of America. And just as the spiritual freedom uh, that led to the cry for freedom and justice for all in the natural realm, lack of spiritual freedom in the natural realm will bring us back into bondage. Listen, how many times we hear testimonies where someone got saved and the Spirit of God came in and liberated them, set them free from some bondage in their life. But as time went on, they backed off and quit serving God, quit following the leading of the Spirit, forsook God's will for their life, and they ended up right back where they started. See, we got to have spiritual freedom, brothers and sisters, or we will end up back in bondage in the natural. You know, we deal with things in our life. You know, there's a lot of things that we have in our life that we won't call addictions, okay? But, but you know, if we define an addiction as something that we can't get rid of or stop doing, then we all got one. Because listen, it's real. It's real. We battle stuff that we can't. It's like it's stuck to us, you know? It's stuck to us. But we can get the freedom back when we gain it in the spiritual realm. Picture this, okay? Our lives, the way we live it, everything that, that, that our, your life, my life consists of, and, and that realm of life that I feel the freedom to roam in, just look at that as your island of life. You know, that, that's your island of life that you roam in. You're comfortable there. There's issues there, but it's okay. I've learned to deal. That's your island, your island of life. We can stay on the shore and live within the limitations of what that island has to offer, or we can choose to get in the boat and find out what's in the river and what's on the other side. That's the choice. That's the choice. Now, what is it? What is it that would cause us to live under a limited freedom or under just limited freedoms in general and stay on that island rather than choose to go beyond that? I just want to talk about some of those things because you know what? I'm convinced that, that all of us have things. It doesn't matter if we've been saved for two weeks, two years, or 20 years. God's got more. God's got more. His resources are unlimited. And you know, there's things that we haven't done, things we haven't experienced or seen, things just in the kingdom of God that he wants to use us to do. There's a lot of, there's a world out there that's lost that needs to be saved. There's just a lot of stuff. And you know what? He decided to use us. He does not have plan B. We're it. We're it. We're it. And so, you know what? We just need more freedoms and liberties. We need to know, we need to be able to possess the things, the power of the things that God has ordained for you and I to walk in that we can reach the world and be blessed along the way. He wants us to be blessed. But let's look at this. Number one, do, uh, do I have life or does life have me? Do I have life or does life have me? Many times the things that I go after in life will cause a loss of freedom in my life. Sometimes we go after things that, that we view, this is good, man, this, I need this in my life. And then we end up being held with that. I thought of this story when I was doing this. Years ago, <clears throat> Joyce and I worked for an airline, 
And um, uh, they flew to, uh, to a small town in Texas, Abilene, back in those days. It's not too small these days. But, but anyway, it was a small station. Had like three guys on duty at one time. One guy worked the ticket counter. One guy worked the gate. One guy would unload the baggage and freight off the airplane, you know. And uh, we were flying DC-9s in those days. And there was a flight that came out of Houston going to Dallas and made a stop in Abilene. And Houston had loaded a chimpanzee in a cage and, and they put him in the belly bin in the front because those were the pressurized and uh, temperature-controlled bins. And uh, when the flight landed in Abilene, the crew could hear a ruckus down there in the belly. And so the captain called operations and said, we've got a chimpanzee on board and we think he might be loose in the belly of that airplane. You get the picture. Macbeth was an older guy, real tall, very slim, real long legs, and he was working the ramp that day. The plane taxied up, he chalked the wheels, he went over there, and the bend doors, it's a double door. The outer door, you unlatched it, it's pretty heavy, and you would latch it up top, but there was an inner door that folded up this way that would stop luggage from maybe sliding and blocking the door so they couldn't open it. Well, Macbeth reached down and grabbed that inside door and shoved it up, and when he did, that chimpanzee come busting out of there and wrapped both legs around his waist and both arms around his neck. Scared him so bad, he just broke out in a run across the ramp. I mean, he didn't know where he was going. And he grabbed that monkey by the skin right here and was pulling him. His skin was just all stretched out. And he's them big, long legs, man. He's booking across that ramp. And the guy at the gate's hollering, don't let him get away. Don't let him get away. And Macbeth, I don't know which one was screaming the loudest, the monkey or him. I mean, it was bad, okay? Whew. But you know, the truth is sometimes the things in life that we go after get a hold of us. They get a hold of us. And look, I'm going to tell you, it's one thing to have a monkey on your back, but to have one in your face, that's a different story, okay? Man. And like Brother Mike said, some of them bite. <laughs> some of them bite. Whoo. But you know what? What a picture, huh? Because we don't know better or because we rather that better or whatever, we will grab a hold of things in life that will end up grabbing a hold of us. And we need to walk with God and ask Him to show us how to get free. Amen? <clears throat> so when the things in life that I go after get me, the choice is this. I can make a decision to either pet it, I can feed it, or I can learn to live with it, or I can get rid of it. You can pet it, feed it, and learn to live with it, and that don't take God. But if you want to get rid of it, it's going to take God. It's going to take God. And you're going to have to ask for His help. Because brothers and sisters, I've decided I am not smart enough to figure this thing out. The things that have robbed my freedom, I'm not smart enough. One of the essential things about that that we need to realize that when there is a stronghold in our life, you can call it a mental stronghold, you can call it what you want. It's amazing to me how it takes your vision and just brings it down and you can't see out there. All you know is that you've got something going on and you can't see through the darkness on how to get out of there. It's got you. It's got you. Let's consider, let me just list a couple of things about life that would get a hold to me. First one, when I put something ahead of God, when I put something ahead of God, 
It could be something that God doesn't even want you to have in your life, but you've got it ahead of God. It could be something that, that I know that God wants me to have in my life, but I can end up putting that ahead of him. You know, I can get so busy with the things that God's called me to do that I forsake God. You know, I can get so busy doing ministry that I'm not over here sitting on the bench listening to God and spending time with God. I need to spend time with God, and he needs to be first. You know, or, or it could be that anything that, that is sin that I continue in in my life. And, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be anything like I'm robbing banks and stuff like that. But, you know, anything that God says, no, don't do that, and I do it, that's a sin. And he may be talking to us saying, look, you need to get out of that because that's not healthy for you. That's not good for you. You're going to lose some freedom over here. But, you know, sometimes we just, we like that thing, and we just say, well, you know, I'm willing to pay the price. Sometimes we don't realize what the price really is. And then another is when I decide not to wait for God's timing. Maybe God has promised you something that you know God's got something in the future for you, but it's just that thing has just got on you. You ever go new car shopping without the grace to wait? And after you paid the second note, you went, oh my, I should have waited. Maybe God would have bought this one, you know. But listen, God can promise great things, but there's timing. Everything, all the promises of God are framed in the network of time. They're framed in time. And there's a time and a place, okay? And if we'll wait and learn the patience of that, then God can bless us with that. If I've taken the route of one of those things, one of those three, maybe others, then here's some of the consequences of my choice. One, first, I can't see beyond it to what God has for me. I mentioned about you know, how those things that will be heavy on our life, it brings our vision down. And it's, it's, it's amazing how our heart will latch on to something and then we can't see past that thing. You know, we've got this much and God wants us to have this much, but we can't see it. It's like, oh man, I'll get back to that monkey. When that monkey's in your face, man, that's all you can see. It's like you go this way and he does the same thing. It's like he's got his eyes locked on yours. And you can't see past it. It's like, that's all of life you know. But God beyond that's got so much. The blinding effect is unbelievable, and I can't see past that. And then number two, the joy and the excitement of the hope of God's future promise turns into the burden of having to wait. You ever, ever wait, have, just wait for something, and it's like, oh, Lord, just shoot me. <laughs> just take me out of my misery, God. But wait a minute, where's the grace? Where's the grace? And you see, if I get a hold of that thing and get back over here, okay, God, your grace is sufficient, then you give me the grace to wait. Lord, I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm just going to bask in the hope of your promise for me. Lord, I'm just going to enjoy waiting on your promise. You know, it's kind of like getting ready for vacation. You know, a lot of vacations, getting ready is a whole lot more fun than going. Been there? You know, late flights, misconnections, and lost luggage, and who get there and the hotel's overbooked, you know. She say, oh man, the preparation was more fun than this. Well, you know, sometimes waiting on God, just the promise of what God has for you, man, the joy of that can be exciting. Y'all thinking I'm crazy, I know. It's all right, you catch on. I'm telling you. But listen, if the, the third one, if I hold on to it, then the expense of that is going to be my peace and freedom. 
If I keep holding on to it and don't let go of it, I'm telling you, I'm going to lose my freedom or I'm going to lose some freedom. And what's going to go out of the window of that is going to be my peace and my joy. On a scale of one to ten, where are you at? How's your peace? How's your joy? Maybe you've lost some freedom. So hoping for whatever, the promise. Or maybe you've got something in your life that you think, I desperately need this. There's no way I can let go of this. Try God. Try God. Try God. I'm telling you, you make a choice, man. Step out from behind that monkey and look over there at what God's got. Man, he's got something big. He's got something great. I don't want to lose that. Number two. Now, what keeps me on the island of limited freedom? What keeps me there? Let's look at that. First point is, has God convinced me? And what I mean is this. What I see about my lack of freedom depends on the Holy Spirit showing me. I'm telling you. Many times, y'all, like I mentioned earlier, we get so used to living on this street, you know, Z Street. God wants us on B Street. That we just, okay, this is just life, man. It's cool. I'm coping. And it depends on the Holy Spirit. You know, which I once was blind, but now I see I think we still have some blindness. And we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate that. I, I, ch- I want to challenge you. I dare you. Go spend some time with God. And just start asking Him some questions like, Lord, what things in my life would you want me to let go of? Lord, are there some things in my life that you would maybe like want me to walk away from? Surely not. I dare you. I dare you. Man, light is better. Less is better. Huh? Less is more. I say that word. Less is more. Glory. <clears throat> but because of the blindness that I'm in, the Lord can't show me what I'm missing. But this is what I found. That He will allow the misery of my lack of freedom to get so bad that I'll be convinced that there's a bondage somewhere and I've lost some freedom. I don't know about you, but that seems to be the way God deals with me. Because I can't see it. I can't see what I'm missing. But when the misery gets bad enough and I get tired of dealing with it, then I'll, wait a minute, uh, maybe I need to go check with God. Because maybe I missed something here. Lord, maybe there's something you got for me or something that I've got that I don't need, that I think I need, that's causing a problem. And I can't get around that thing or through that thing to what you really have for me, to the blessing you really have planned for my life. See, I have to decide when enough's enough. God's not going to force you. He, he can lift his grace and make it, ooh, Lord, feel like he forced you. But I have to decide when enough's enough. B, we want to say, but it's safe on the shore of my island. See, the beach we know. We, we know that beach real well, man. We, we've paced up and down that beach. We know so many things about the little island of our world. You see, we'll settle fighting for the giants in, in our life that we know rather than take a chance and trust God to fight the ones we don't know. See, I'll deal with this one. But rather than get off the beach and have to trust God for what might be out there. I've concluded this, y'all. 
This one over here that I'm fighting on my island, I'm probably fighting that one in my own strength. But the one that might be out there, might, when I decide to leave the beach, God's coming with me. And he said he would fight my battles. It wasn't David fighting Goliath. That was God fighting Goliath. David was just a vessel. So we can stay on the island and stay in the fight and go on to glory and brag about our our feats with the giant that we fought. Or we can decide to leave the beach and see God fight those giants that's waiting out there. There's going to be some. There's going to be some out there. But he said he would be there. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. See, I can look out and see God, that sea of promises out there. But we're going to all ask ourselves this question, can I walk on water? Can I walk on water? Do I have what it takes? Well, I tell you this. We have to first make the decision to leave the beach. And then God will show you how to row the boat. We want the plans. We want it laid out. We want to be skilled rowers or whatever. We want all that before we'll leave the beach. God said, you take the first step and I'll show you before your foot touches down. I'll show you what to do. I'll get you off the beach if you trust me. You don't have to live there. He will show us how to walk on water if we depend on him. If I step out there without depending on him, I'm going under. My boat is going to sink, okay? But if I go with him, just make the decision. See, God wants to increase our faith. You know, what you're dealing with now, what you're looking out from your beach of life, and you're looking out, that's just the start of what God has for you. Exciting, huh? (laughs) But he's got more. He's got more. The next question might be this. How long am I going to be out on the water? I'm convinced that God only deals in sailboats. You know, we want race boats. You know, we want something with some power. I mean, we want to cross that mile stretch like in one minute, 60 miles an hour. God says, no, I want you in my sailboat because I control the wind. You see, our problem is we want to be in control. We want to be God over our circumstances. And God says, if you get in that boat, I'm God. I control the wind. I'm going to be the one blowing on your sail. See, I like, I like 19 feet of high-quality fiberglass. Lightweight, strong, 150 horses Yamaha, man. I'm telling you, 58 miles an hour. You get across that thing quick. But you know what the problem is? From the time you leave the beach to go to the other side, there's some stuff that we got to know before we get there. Because if I leave over here with the mentality, or if I get over there with the mentality that I left here with, over there is going to be just like here. So forget the fast boats. It's sailboats. And you see, while you're in the boat... Going really slow, bobbing in the water, can't control the weather, can't control the waves, can't control the wind. That's when God's going to teach you what you need when you get to the 
to the other side over there. That's when he's going to teach you. He can't teach me what I need when I'm stuck on this beach because my mindset is just locked down in a mental stronghold. I can't see far because my, my vision is so limited because I'm locked into what I am, who I am, the circumstances of my life. But when I make a decision and I get in the boat and I set sail to go across there, then I can leave all that behind. Hey, you know what we like about vacations? Think about this. Most of us, okay? Vacation is, you know, you leave home, you leave your job, you leave the problems, the troubles, the this, the that, and for nine days, seven days, five days, whatever, it's like, whoo, I'm free. Wouldn't it be nice to sail away from all of that and start over? I mentioned that earlier with God. Say, Lord, I'm just going to leave all that stuff behind on the island, and I'm going to sail in your boat of grace to the other side and I'm going in faith because I'm just believing that the struggles I left behind over here are going to stay here because I'm making a decision today that I am going to trust you to get free of those things in my life so let's look at that how do I get off the island that's the big question huh how do I get off the island man I've got a lot of stuff over here I've got investments I've got this man I've even got a couple of grandkids back here I've got a lot of stuff on the island The first thing is this, freedom is an act of surrender. Say, what? Yeah, freedom is an act of surrender. Those things in my life that have me, okay, there are things that have me in my life. And most of them fall in a couple of different categories. Let me just mention a couple of those categories of those things, okay? One, what I want that is not God's will, and I I mentioned these earlier. What I want that's not God's will, that, you know, whether I think, man, i got to have this in my life, you know, whatever. Like I said, many times there's things that will, we know, man, I shouldn't be involved in that. But yet, you know, we know enough of the truth that I need to be over here because I need God's blessings on my life. I need to know I'm going to get to heaven when it's time to check out. I I know these things, but yet we, we still got this thing over here. That's one then what's God's will that I value above him? Those things that, that are designed to be a blessing of God, but have to be in the right spot in my life, in my heart. Because we can put that ahead. We can put that ahead of God. Looks like great stuff, but we put it ahead of God. And then the third one that I'd mentioned, those things that is God's will that I don't want to wait for. That you know God's promised these things, and you're like, you know, it, it might be, let me use this. You know, we know what the scripture says about finances. God wants his people blessed. I mean, I know you read the same Bible I do. Man, God said, I want you, beloved, I, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, not according to my checkbook. You know, we can go on and on and read all the scripture about tithing and blessing and all that. But you know what I found? I can get a hold of money, but man, if money has a hold of me, I'm messed up. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. That thing will blind me. It'll blind me. And so that's just one example. And there's other things that maybe personal things that God has spoken to you, given you promises in life that, that you say, man, I want that. I want that. And we get 
uh, running over here on left field, right field, whatever field, chasing that rabbit, and God's no longer first because of it. And see, we could mess ourselves up with the blessings and promises of God. And so we have to wait. We have to wait when it's God's timing. Either one of those will cause me to lose freedom, which includes my peace and joy. It'll go out the window. And so here's the deal. I have to surrender those things, and I have to allow my heart to be taken captive by him. He has to possess my heart. Look, we typically view independence and lack of restraint as being freedom, right? We think, hey, man, I'm, I'm independent. I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody telling me what to do. I don't want no boundaries, restraints on my life. Ooh, I'm free. But I'm going to tell you right now, true freedom is really, it's spiritual freedom, which only comes from having been taken captive by the Lord, where there's freedom and safety from captivity by my flesh. Think about it. My flesh will get me in trouble. Because my flesh will want things that will lock me up quicker than anything. But true freedom is when the Lord God owns me. You know the Apostle Paul, he referred to himself as a bond slave. A bond slave. Man, Paul, come on. He was free. He was free. He was free. And I'm telling you, y'all, man, when God so possesses our heart, our desires, the things we want, when we've been able to turn loose of that stuff that's not good for us, that robs our freedom, steals our peace and our joy, the things that I'm struggling for in life, when I can just, whoo, let all that go and go on vacation. Hallelujah. No canceled flights. No missed connections. Hotel room is waiting. The best of food, everything. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Come on. Listen, freedom, man, that's freedom. That's freedom. He owns my heart. I have to surrender my heart to him. Number two, there are issues in my life that have me. There can be things, okay, but there, there can be issues. Now, look, we live on this street, y'all. Relational issues, uh, conflicts with others, let's say it that way. You know, brother or sister so-and-so that hurt my feelings, my cousin, my aunt, my mama, my daddy, my boss, my name it, relational issues. Listen, that's real stuff, isn't it? That's real stuff. Man, those things will get a hold to us. It's like, Wow, they're stuck to us and we can't get away from that. It's like, how do I get that out of my life? In spite of us knowing that the Lord said, look, if you don't forgive, your heavenly father can't forgive you. And listen, I know that, you know, we'll, we'll make our best effort, you know, like, man, we'll pray, you know, Lord, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, help me. I forgive them, Lord. I'm, I'm telling you, forgiveness is a work of the Holy Spirit. If, if you think it's not, listen to this. I read a book, I don't remember the author, I read it a couple of months ago on forgiveness, and this guy said this, the Lord so forgave me that he wants to spend time with me. I went, oh my gosh, how many people have I forgiven that I I just can't wait to go spend time with them? How about you? You see, forgiveness, that's beyond our power. That's beyond our ability. It takes the Holy Spirit in my life and in your life to give me that ability to release them so freely 
that I would even want to go spend time with them. Whoo, man. Help us, Lord. Huh? Help us, Lord. Freedom. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about freedom. By the way, the name of this message is freedom is worth dying for. Freedom is worth dying for. But man, it takes some dying to me to be able to forgive somebody that's wounded me or hurt me like that. What, what about addictions? We're talking about issues. What about addictions? Listen, you know, I know that there's a lot of good programs, you know, that deal with addictions. And I'm certainly not criticizing any of those at all, at all. Because I know that there's a part about addictions that we got to untrain this flesh. You know, my flesh can get to like something that it don't want to give up. And I know that there's that part of it. But I tell you what, I'm convinced that behind every addiction, there's an issue. You know, we can deal and struggle and fight against the addiction. And I know that there's a part of that. But what brought it there? I mean, I, I see my brother Tony back there shaking his head. These guys, him and Mitch and those guys that work and celebrate recovery. You know, that's what they go deal with. They deal with what caused the addiction. But issues in our life, like, man, we, we get to where things are going on in life so much we can't cope anymore, so we dive into the bottle or the pill can or whatever, you know, or whatever that might be that we depend upon besides God to get through life. When he says, I am your sufficiency, I am your sufficiency. And so, you know, those are just real things. But you know what they are? That's lack of freedom that he bought for you and I that we can have. And so how do we get there? The first step is the decision to surrender. Now, look, I know when we're talking about, man, some, you know, really serious addiction, making that statement sounds real cheap. I understand that. that that's pretty flimsy. I understand. I know the battle, okay? But that is the first step. It's surrender to God. He has to possess my heart. And like I said earlier, he's not going to show me how to row the boat until I make the decision to get in it. And we got to make the decision first. And then he can start showing me what the decision is going to be, what to do, how to row the boat. Listen, real surrender, it's just death to self. It's death to self. You know, you know, it's easy to, you know, like, you, like us guys want to be all macho, you know, and like we would say, oh, you know, if, if a truck was coming down the road and my child was out there, I would jump in front of that truck and shove my child and they would, I could be flat as a cat on the road, and, but my child would live and, hey, I'm the hero. That's the easy part. Dying while you live is the hard part. That's where rubber meets the road, brothers and sisters. It's when I got to die. If you think it's not, just go on a diet. <laughs> just decide you're going to fast for a couple of days. Okay? You get my point. Man, dying while you yet live, that's the, that's the hard part. But that's what that takes when we got issues. Number one, I believe the Holy Spirit has to show me. You, you know the old saying, it's like everybody else knows what's wrong with me except me. I mean, we think we're good and everybody else is going, man, why don't that brother get right? <laughs> You know, so we just don't see it sometimes. Sometimes we do, you know, when things are falling down around our ears and life is miserable enough. But, you know, other than that, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Where am I missing freedom in life? I know you got more for me. What's holding me back, Lord? Show me, Lord. So when surrender, and when we surrender, that's what we can ask him for. Freedom is worth dying for. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, 
uh, says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What does that mean, I live by faith? It's real simple. It means I trust him. It means I trust him. Can I say to you, brothers and sisters, none of us in this building is going to do it perfectly. None of us. But you know what? When our heart is toward God, and man, we're walking in faith toward God, Lord, I'm counting on you. Lord, show me what I need. Lord, show me how to row this boat. Lord, give me the grace to want to leave the beach. Lord, give me the grace. Give me what I need, Lord, to see and look out there and see what you've got for me. Lord, remove the fear out of my life that I'm willing to get out there. Lord, help me, Lord. I need you. That's trusting God. And when we do that, let me tell you what, he's never going to kick you to the curb. Man, you might fall out of the boat. You might drop the oars in the water. You might turn the boat over. It doesn't matter. His grace will be with you. His grace will be with you. Freedom is worth dying for. That's where it starts. Whatever you might be holding on to, or whatever's holding on to you, whatever, I'm telling you, God's got a better way. Because the thing about that, number one, is that typically we don't see. We can't see. Like I said, we've learned to live on the island. We've learned to cope with these giants. And we've we've made up our mind in many cases that, oh, well, it ain't love, but it ain't bad. It'll be all right. I'm just going to hang on until Jesus comes. There's more. There's more. There'll always be a battle. There'll always be a giant. But when we go with God, we get to see him move, touch people's lives, set them free. We get the blessings of God. There's a road. There's a trail. There's a path he has for each one of us. When we go down that path, allowing God's will to be accomplished in our life, God's already got blessings planned along the way. You are not going to outdo, outgive, out anything, God. God said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm telling you, he's going to outgive you. He's going to outgive me. When we walk with God, man, he's going to bless our life. And so look, whatever you're holding on to, I found this. I've mentioned this. It's amazing to me how so many times... That, that I'll be struggling with something in my life, and it's like almost like I've got blinders on, and, and I can't see. The first step is like, it always amazes me that once I realize it's there, how, you know, it's how subtle the enemy is that he comes in and slowly robs. He slowly takes little freedoms away from us, and we slowly lose some joy and some peace until one day, like I mentioned, it gets, we get so miserable about it that finally God gets our attention And so I I believe, first of all, we have to go to God. Lord, show me. Lord, what am I just literally putting up with in my life? Lord, what is it that you might have for me that I'm just not even seeing? Lord, what is it, Lord, this little bit that I've settled for on the island when you've got so much more out there for me? Lord, show me. We need to ask the Lord to show us. And the other thing is this. You know, after being saved for, for a few years, I'm telling you, you know, boy, anytime that we think, you know, we're an island unto ourselves. We're in trouble, y'all. We're in trouble because I'm telling you, even after all the years of walking with the Lord and, you know, just going after God, God, I want your will for my life. I'll find that there's just times when I need somebody to pray with me. Man, it's like, 
It's like he has gotten me so tied up. My mind, it's like, you know, somebody took a ball of uh, yarn and just wrapped it around my head. It's like, I can't think past that thing. You know, it's like, wow, there it is. And amazing when someone prays and it just breaks that off and all of a sudden the sun comes up again. Whoo, I feel the peace of God. Man, and I can see, God, you got all of that for me? Wow, where's the boat? How about it? So look, as we close, I want to offer this. Maybe you're looking at something in your life. I don't care if it's this big or this big. It doesn't matter. God's bigger. God's bigger. And the first thing is you need to see past it. And you need the grace of God on your life. And so I want to give an invitation. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. First invitation is that. If you're willing, if you're seeing something, you say, man, God, I... I'm not seeing it really. I need you to help me. I need you to show me, Lord. Then we're going to pray with you this morning. But you know, before that, if you're here with us today, if you were brave enough to get out in the weather, and you haven't even begun that walk with God, and you know that there's things in your life, man, that's got its claws in you, and you can't seem to get free, then this is a good day to surrender your life to God because He is the one that can bring freedom to your life and if that's you I I just give a simple invitation as I pray I want you to come up and I want to pray with you so that God can just just bring the freedom to your life and you can begin that walkway of blessings and grace over it to what God's planned amen so let's pray father God we thank you today for your grace thank you for your word oh God father we we receive the freedom Lord that you have for us and we ask you to show it to us oh God And Lord, I pray for everyone in here. Lord, those that need to make that first-time decision that they need the Lord in their life to set them free, that they can experience the blessings and the grace that you have. And Lord, for those of us that are already walking with the Lord, but Lord, we've allowed things to come into our life to rob us of our peace and our joy and to steal the freedom that you paid a price for us to have. Oh God, Lord, we know this is war, but God, we're going to war with you. We've made up our mind. And Lord, we are dependent upon you. Lord, we confess that today. And so Father, we reach out to you and ask you to help us, oh God. Help us, Lord. Show us, Lord, what we need to see. And give us the strength, the power, and the confidence to be able to leave the beach in that island, Lord, that we've lived on for so long that we might go after the promises and the grace that you have planned for us. Lord, we thank you for that today. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.